Anyway, so yeah, the space horse, mostly what it's uh, what it's trying to get the Guardians to do is it's trying to get the Guardians to participate in these games. Anyway. <laughs> Can I like... Oh my God. You've been talking about this for a week straight. <laughs> I can do it for a month. <laughs> I can keep this going all day. You know, I, I, want, I want somebody who looks at me in the same way that Rami looks at Destiny. Episode of the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. My name is Rami Ismail, your host for this episode. And I'm Salvadorius. And I'm Fozim Asmar. And beyond the space horse, how are you two doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm super happy to be talking to y'all. I've missed you very much. Man, I'm officially off. I am on holidays. Me too. Oh, nice. Um, I'm so tired. I'm self employed. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Oh. Keep rubbing it in, Rami. <laughs> it just means two weeks off. I have no weeks off. <laughs> you can give yourself weeks off. You do I that give to myself yourself. Weeks off. Yeah. I just won't earn money during those weeks, which is not great. <laughs> it's all good. I, I yeah. believe like if uh, there's nothing to do with money in this, Rami just can't sit idle. So like yeah, the, con- <laughs> the concept of a holiday is just foreign for him. No, hey, Rami, can you sit here for I'm an like hour? A- I'm like an hour no, doing nothing. Absolutely no, not. <laughs> let me do Rami. a million things. <laughs> yeah, tell me what you did on your year off sabbatical. No, <laughs> yeah, wasn't this the That's year off episode? Just this, listing it off. This Wait, was the year off. This yes. was the year off. This yes. was the year off. I started no. a podcast and a newsletter and two projects and a third project <laughs> and a consultation business that got out of hand. And, you, you know, know, you know, people learn yoga or something like during a year. Yeah. Off. Oh, yeah. I started learning how to fly. I picked up <laughs> piano practice again. Uh, what else did I do? I don't know. I did I some stuff. He's busier on his year off. <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rami, Rami needs a job so that it tells him what time he should just stop working. <laughs> okay, I will say, I will say, just to make this serious for a moment, I did actually implement weekends for this oh. year, which no. is nice. So, oh, wait, mostly... the, uh, the, the weekends in which you record podcasts or you fly to conferences? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, fair. I do I do, do the podcast, but that's the only work I do, and I refuse to edit it on the weekend. So. Uh-huh. I, I just I just talked to two friends on the weekend and it just happens to be recorded. Yes. Yeah. That that part of the podcast is the fun part, the, the work part. So, yes. push it to yeah. so I, I I mostly did weekends this year, although indeed on Sundays since like the start of previous year, the start of this year, I've been recording this, which actually good segue, the Habibis is almost one year old. Man, my it life is, is flying right in front of my it eyes. Just, <laughs> I've, I've i've gone so much grayer during this year but you know at the same time i, mean, oh, I, I remember i, I no, remember no. it like if it was yesterday and no i don't have that problem right. at all yeah. <laughs> not uh, my choice yeah. mind you <laughs> yeah um yeah no the first episode of the habibis i think was january 15th of 2021 and 
And I don't know if you, obviously, I think I, I would guess you do remember, but that wasn't actually the first episode we recorded, if no. you remember that. Oh, no. We, we started recording in December, mid-December. Yeah, yeah we, did, we, did some secret, we did some secret practice episodes before we started with the first episode of the Habibis, because yeah. we weren't sure we were any good at podcasting. <laughs> and we weren't, to be fair. <laughs> we were pretty bad. Those were the ones... Those are the ones in which we figured out like well, how an episode of the Habibi is going to look like in terms of like we, right. all right, we're going to talk about this topic, then it's food. All right, then we'll come back. All right, let's talk about this topic. And there's food again. We're like, okay, well, don't, don't fight it. <laughs> don't fight it. Just talk about food from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I, uh, uh, speaking of food, there, there's this uh, Egyptian restaurant in Hilversum. There's not a lot of Egyptian res- restaurants in, in the Netherlands at all. This is uh, his name is Abu Amr. Well, the restaurant's name is Abu Amr. His name is Amr, um, <laughs> and uh, he has he has a, a restaurant here in Hilversum, and it's a vegan Egyptian place. Um, that's rare, no? Yeah, I mean, most of his meals are vegan, and then a few of them are vegetarian, but most of it is built like you know dairy free and everything. And a lot of Arab food is vegan, really. Like you know, hummus, food, falafel, all of the stuff is vegan. A, a, a lot of it is already vegan, so yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Koshari is vegan, Koshari you know, is like vegan. Yeah. So he has an amazing offering, and uh, I was visiting him uh, the other day, and he gave me a, a, an off-menu plate of, of just Egyptian fasulia. Ooh. with rose and nice. it was like perfectly made and i'm like you need to put this on the menu and now he's messaging <laughs> me with like if you have any other ideas for recipes i need some inspiration so, <laughs> so if anybody so- has good yeah if anybody has good ideas for what i can can ask the vegan egyptian to try and make an hilversum like i'm I, I was just sitting here and i'm like oh, all the recipes i like are not vegan right <laughs> Yeah. Um, just add like them to I our discord saying. man and uh, he'll be flooded with ideas in no time <laughs> oh, I'll ask him to join the, to, maybe maybe he can come hang out for an episode oh, oh, that'd, that'd be, be great. fun I'd love that Yeah, he's, he's a funny man um, but yeah uh, that was good yeah food food yeah that was that was a lot of our episodes our, our first episode was about the niche right about the, the teacups yeah. Oh, yeah I remember that one that was fun that was great. <laughs> the teacups in the cupboard. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to remember yeah. what the episodes that didn't air were about a cat. It's like Oh my god, it's been a year already. Yeah. It's been a year. How yeah. did this happen? I don't know. I don't know. But just for everyone that's listening and that, you know, either hasn't been part of us from the start, hadn't been part of the the, the show from the start, or for those of you that have been, uh, we will try and record a special one year anniversary episode. Um, we're still inshallah. trying to figure out some of the logistics, inshallah. so it's very much inshallah. <laughs> uh, but what we do absolutely want to do is we want to hear what you thought the best Habibi's memories of this last year were. Uh, your favorite episodes, your favorite moments, your favorite segments, just whatever you have. And we're going to give Osama an extra long meal segment on I'm that episode. So happy right now. <laughs> And yeah, men, send us right? <laughs> yeah, send yeah, us your favorite uh, Habibis moments at info at habibis.com so that Osama yeah. can read it to us. Yes. Um, and I'm very excited for that. It's been it 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 really did go so fast, but let's not speak too much about that because we have a one-year episode to make. Um <laughs> before that, a bunch of other cool stuff is happening. We're gonna be talking about our favorite games of the year, one of these episodes. Yep. Which Inshallah. is cool. Like, Inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's 
it's just fun. It's the first time we're doing New Year's. That's the Habibis, in, inshallah. Um, <laughs> so we're we're fig- we're figuring all this stuff out. Inshallah. When you say inshallah so many times, it sounds like we're not going to do it. We're just pretending. Right. <laughs> that's a nervous inshallah. <laughs> but there's always so, an offshoot. You never know. So that's why, you know, like uh, you, add, uh, you add the fine print inshallah to every statement. Just, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like legal text in the Arab world should be so much easier. It's just you have the contract and at the bottom you just put like inshallah. And it's, like, it's just You're the same uh, footnote, uh, inshallah. And then you just put the asterisks everywhere on the text. Everywhere. <laughs> Every full sentence says inshallah at the end. Um, but uh, did, did, what 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 happened this week for all of you? What what was the what was this week? Because I had a bunch of stuff happen, but I feel like y'all should go first. So, so, Sam, I hit us I, up. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it up. Um, there is one thing that happened, but it's uh, it's big, but I can't talk about it yet. So that one will have to wait. So you're just going to get a little bit of an allusion to it for now, and then what a tease. Yeah, this is like yeah. mad. this is the this is the this is the hardest. It's not even like here's what it is. It's like this is like when a video game studio does an announcement that they're gonna do an announcement. <laughs> this is exactly that an announcement. But it's like announcement. you know, it's like a trailer where the entire it's just a fully black trailer, and then for like one second of it, there's like a little bit of light on a cube. <laughs> And it's like, tune in, next episode. Another one of your hidden skills that you can right. come up with advertisements on the fly. That's great. Just Here we go. Osama, Osama's secret thing. Yes. Inshallah in a future episode of the Habibis. It's another one of those, like, there's going to be a conspiracy theory that ties us to Kojima somehow. And Osama, it's your Oh, fault. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I did that I, this week, which was fun, and maybe one of you have, or both of you have done it as well, is I saw a movie in the theater for the third time since the pandemic started. I saw the new Spider-Man. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I went to that, too. Yeah. Um, I haven't so been. Can... So I, am, on behalf of the audience, I am the, the, the protector of spoilers. <laughs> All right. Fair. 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 To be honest, I think we should have protected spoilers either way because it's a little too soon and not a lot of people are able to see it yet. So yeah. very soon. Yeah. yeah. But we guess we'll talk about it a little bit spoiler free, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would love to hear what you guys thought. Yeah. Sam, did so, you like uh, it? Uh okay. I absolutely loved it. The movie Ooh, nice. was made for me, and everyone else just gets to enjoy it. <laughs> That's how I saw the movie. Like, <laughs> was it was it was it full of dad jokes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a bunch no. of jokes. Most of them landed. <laughs> so yeah, the, the credit started with for Osama Dorias. <laughs> <laughs> Some people called it fan service. To me, the whole movie was Osama service. <laughs> Everyone just gets to enjoy it at the same time. The so, movie came uh, out and hugged you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a thing. So if we're talking spoiler free, um, I'm not going to talk about specifics. Uh, so what I'll say is that there are surprises. Really good ones, really big ones. I got the whole uh, theater buzz and, and, you know, very, very energetic. That's one. The second is I loved the overarching theme of the movie. It was about redemption. The whole, like the whole movie, every, every aspect of it was about people making mistakes and righting their wrongs. And that resonates with me so much. I absolutely love that message. Um, so even as a people will, will use the word fan service a lot because you know that mo- the movie had a lot of that and I'm not saying it in a negative tone but it had a lot of that it's like a love letter to Spider-Man you know period um, 
but that the theme was so strong. And uh, Marvel doesn't always do themes right. I'm a big MCU fan, so I'm not saying it um, out of uh, you know out of hate or anything like that. But generally, a lot of the movies lack a theme. You're like, okay, that was a fun ride, but what was it about? And it's hard to like figure out what it was about. You know, it was, it was just there because it's an MCU, it's a big movie, and it bridges this one and that one, and nobody learned anything or nobody went through anything. Um, a, a handful of MCU movies I felt fell, felt flat on the meaning department. Not this one. I don't know if you felt the same, Rami. Yeah, I, I mean, very. I, I think very much so. I, the definitely the movie definitely wasn't made for me because it, it was made for you. But it it it's still <laughs> it is it is probably in my top three favorite MCU movies. Yeah. Um. It's like you said. It's it's very strongly executed. It meanders between being a fun action movie and a pretty serious like character piece. Mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really explores some of the um, I feel this is a thing that Marvel has been doing with Phase 4 anyway it's like every character gets to face the darkness mm-hmm. in them and the and the sort of like faults of their character and they don't get to get away with it easily necessarily right mm-hmm. so uh, and I, I think they've said this in marketing but they, they really do put Peter through the, the ringer in this one and then it's not it's not an easy time for him, and um, I, I think that's I think that's it. It was really cool. It it also allows the MCU to talk more sincerely about things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which before I think was was pretty much limited. Like we had a little bit of it in in the Winter Soldier, and then we had a lot of it in Infinity War. Um, but beyond that, it it's never really been about characters reckoning with real issues and i think this one did a, a good job of of doing that so you know i i can imagine it's hard like you have all these super powered people with these incredible abilities how do you tell a story that this still connects on a human level mm-hmm. and i think that's a little bit of what fell flat with the eternals um and it's a little bit of what fell flat with some of the other things but the mcu absolutely has the ability to to sort of like bring it back down to things that would resonate with normal people to humanize them exactly. right because we need yeah that. we need that connection if we don't feel that connection between them then you know we're not going to care about them and if we don't care about what happens to the protagonists in the, in right. the movie you know do you know what this movie kind of reminded me of it reminded me of yakuza zero <laughs> Okay, <laughs> because that's another movie where you know there, there, something goes wrong and then in trying to fix it everything keeps getting worse Mm. <laughs> and I think I think this did a really good job at at sort of like ex- explaining that there's not always an easy way out, right? And I think that's as much as I'll say because this is as much as I'll that this is as much as was had been said in the pre movie interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they did an incredible job. It was also just pretty. It was a pretty movie. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable recommending that people go watch it now. Uh, mm-hmm. Because by the time this episode uh, airs, some time had passed. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I regret watching it on opening night. Um, I should have waited a little bit because not because of the movie itself. The movie was fantastic. I absolutely enjoyed it. The situation, the, the theater situation that I would live through was one that I would have avoided had I known it was going to be that way. Uh, mm-hmm. the, for, compared to the other two times I went to the theater where there was a lot of space between us, social distancing, people were serious. Here, this movie brought out 
everyone, and by everyone I mean also people who don't care uh, and mm. who are not careful. And right. I saw a lot of people like forgetting to put their mask on and had to be reminded Ooh. for extended periods of time, or just having it under their nose. You know the things that we saw at the beginning of the pandemic when people didn't realize how serious right. it was. Um, the the people were sitting next to us. There was no social distancing in the theater, and I'm like, "Wow, what the hell is it? yeah?" It was. Oh, in the Netherlands, it was uh, every every seat that was taken had to have two seats around the group that was sitting. That's how it was for the last two movies I watched for June right. and for Shang Chi, and for this one, I was expecting the same. I had no reason to believe otherwise, but they packed the theater. Uh, wow, we have bigger, they... like I watched it on Friday, and we have bigger measures coming on Monday, so I think they. Um, like Spider-Man messed it up. Yeah, no, yeah. I think they were like, okay, the bigger me- me- methods will come later, so we're going to be lax now because nobody's watching us because you know. Wow. Force them later, and right. I'm very disappointed at that whole thing. So. Yeah, me too. I mean, in the Netherlands, I got lucky that I went immediately because the cinemas are closed now. We went into lockdown, uh, and we're going to be in lockdown until January 14th. So all restaurants and shops and cultural institutes have closed. So, wow. Uh, Nobody else in the Netherlands is going to be seeing Spider Man because that until January 14th, there is no cinema. Yeah, it's kind of like why I, you know, delayed going to like there's a bunch of movies I want to see coming out this holiday season. Like there's The Matrix Mm. also coming out and all of that stuff. But it also feels like a weird time to go to the cinema right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, my experiences with the cinema have been really good because, again, like social distancing was implemented, masks are required, like the, the, two empty seats around you uh i i thought it was really well done and i felt generally at ease in this more than in the supermarket mm-hmm. right yeah. um so i was just like okay i guess i can go to the movies and they kept that up for this but uh, you know the omicron variant is just it's so rampant that the netherlands decided to lock down i think it's the right choice although obviously i'm very sad about it and i can imagine a lot of people are very sad about it mm-hmm. and you know, seeing seeing entrepreneurs and and restaurant people react to it is just genuinely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's a whole thing. Like is, you know, when when we started this podcast, I don't think we expected our one year episode to still be in lockdowns. No. Yeah. Definitely not. We we were thinking uh, that we were going to have one episode that was going to be while we were all traveling to the same conference during this right. year. And yeah. Yeah. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah. It's um yeah nature nature is uh, pretty relentless. No, yeah, unpredictable. But yeah, so yeah, um, Spider Man, good good movie. Uh, if you have a chance to see it and you can do it safely, I I would recommend to do that. If you can't see it safely, no movie is worth getting sick over or making your friends sick over. So mm-hmm. uh, see what your local situation is. But uh, the movie is very good. Yeah, absolutely excellent. If it's anything like Shang-Chi, oh, oh. it'll make it to Disney Plus for me eventually. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I watched Shang-Chi when it hit Disney Plus, And I watched if, uh, Eternals, I think, that way as well. No, did I watch it? No, no I watched Eternals. Eternal in the cinemas. Yeah, because yeah, I haven't seen Eternals yet. I'm waiting for right. Disney Plus. January went, 15. It's going to be on our anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, all of us, all three of us. <laughs> I finally yes. started watching Hawkeye. Yeah, good. Did you? Are you caught up? Yes. Yes, I am yes. now. Excellent. So, I don't know what to say to you because that's so much to catch up on. But wasn't it good? So, you know how WandaVision started really, really strong and then kind of lost its way? Yeah. I feel like Hawkeye did the opposite. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye started really, really poorly. 
and then suddenly just like kicked it into overdrive to be very very good and i'm i'm a little shocked by it because i genuinely did not like the series in episode one or two um and and i pretty much bounced off and it was because a friend of mine on on twitter said like no you know just watch watch number three Mm. and then number three actually like you know the the sort of the chess piece start to work out. I think the main the main decider on whether you're gonna like this is whether you can whether you can tolerate early Kate. I see. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think if you know the character or you already love the character or you have like an idea of who she is, it might be fun to watch her origin story. But her origin story genuinely is Rich Brat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And she is in. <laughs> incredibly annoying Mm -hmm. uh to open the series and it's necessary because it's part of her arc right but that doesn't make it more fun to watch uh so i just genuinely hate it i hated episode one i disliked episode two i was like oh okay i did not hate that for episode three i was like oh this is good for episode three and episode um uh, sorry uh, this was good for episode four and then episode five i there's genuine there's a conversation in the middle of that episode that's just extremely good yeah um like fun surprises good connections to the mcu i i'm actually enjoying it i yeah i i'm i don't know like i remember osama telling me telling us about the bro thing yeah uh and they dropped that in later episodes yeah which it, really it helped felt, it felt odd right and like yeah i thought, I thought it worked in the comics because right. comics, you're you're going to visualize it the way that you want, you want to visualize it. Like you could fill in the gaps yourself. Seeing it in in on the TV in an MCU movie, it felt too slapstick for MCU. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't think that I, the show. Was I consistent. agree, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm sure you agree, bro. It was like too cop. It was too much, right? You can right. phase it out when you're reading. You can't phase it yeah. out when you're watching. Yeah, and I think that's what they did with the episodes, right? Yeah. Like by the time you hit, like I think episode one was very much like uh, Kate is annoying and yeah. this world is silly. Yeah. And now by five, we're like, you know, blood has to be paid with blood. Yeah. And is vengeance truly the thing that's worth more than anything around you? And what is the value of family over responsibility? Yeah. And you know, how do you reckon with? Uh, being in over your head, but still trying to do the right thing, and it's like, wait, how did we get from bro <laughs> to <laughs> this? What right. happened? It, it, like, I actually thought they, they, I don't know if this is even possible, but they tried to do too much with this show. They tried to give nods to the comic because the comic book was really strong, very well received. People are going to be watching for nods to the comic. You cannot ignore it, right? Uh, they're trying to link it to the MCU, and this is. As, as, like we're talking about just Hawkeye here. There are no superpowered beings who are flying around or anything like that. This is not Avengers. This is Hawkeye, and linking it to the to the broader MCU is a, is a challenge and keeping it interesting without all of, of that other stuff. For most people, for some of us, it doesn't matter. But for some most people, they're going to be looking for that fanfare. You know what I mean? How mm-hmm. do you do? And 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 there are so many like themes that Hawkeye didn't touch on in the in the MCU where or actually integral parts of the character like you know his his uh hearing issues right his um, mm-hmm. um he's hard of hearing hard of hearing sorry I, I blanked out for a sec uh that was just completely ignored in the MCU as far as I remember I don't I, maybe they visually showed a hearing aid but that was about it uh all of those things had to come together uh 
uh, and Kate. And Kate is not for everyone, like you said. Um, I don't know. I'm not really interested in hearing another story of a, a rich person who becomes a superhero. I agree. But I just love the dynamic between the two. I'm not a huge Hawkeye fan, but I, I am a Hawkeye and Kate fan, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't talk about uh, dog enough, in my opinion. Like dog is a very good character in the comics. That he was just kind of there. Like I think he felt odd. Like, do you remember in the in the Watchmen uh, movie how there was just a scene with a, a, a the panther that was uh, genetically modified, and it just like walked into the scene, and you're like, there's no explanation for it. There's no anything alluding to it, uh, and it was just there for like a few seconds. And that was just a nod to the comics to be like, we haven't forgotten that this character exists, but we just don't have any screen time for them. And right. That, that's kind of like almost what Dog felt like in this, because Dog had his own entire comic in the comic book. Where starting really? Finish, you're just following the dog. And like he was a major I mean, character. <laughs> like, I, it's funny because now that you mention it, like it feels a little odd, but I actually kind of thought the dog was there as sort of like a, a, a humanizing bond between Kate and, mm-hmm. and uh, Clint. And I thought it worked well in that regard. I had no idea that this was a character. It, it was, and that was the purpose that filled in the comics as well. The, the What I mean is there was more time spent with it in right. the comics. Understandably, you can't do that. But like there were a lot of things that were like that. I felt like the pacing had to be what it was because of how many things they were trying to tackle at the same time. And I mm-hmm. almost would have preferred if they slowed it down and made more seasons and just tackled the, the comic right. slower. But I think that would have, like, the comic fans would have loved that because they would have seen more of what they would have expected. And the movie fans would have hated that because Get to the MCU would have been... Yeah, I, I, I would have bounced off if I had to deal with more Kate before she, like, yeah. flips to being a nice character. Like, yeah. I I would have absolutely... Be- and then, obviously, there's sort of, like, the, 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 um, the surprise MCU character... Can we yeah. talk about that? Is that is are we post because she she gets she joins the thing on episode four, and by the time this comes out, we're on episode six. I think we're spoiler free, right? There's uh, okay, so that's a surprise what you're talking about because there's also another surprise. There, there's <laughs> there's three surprises, right, in terms of characters. Uh, yeah. I, don't I don't know, know guys. I want to watch it. it. uh It sounds like it might spoil right. stuff for me. Uh, all right, all right. So we'll, we'll all skip right. it for now. When you're when you're caught up, we'll have an episode where we not the entire episode, but we'll dedicate a segment to it. Deal? So let's do right. a spoiler cast. No. Uh, yeah, all once right. I caught up, I wasn't gonna watch it to be honest, right. but now hearing what you have to say about it, it's like, oh, okay, maybe right. I'll give this a go. Just just give it to episode three, and if after episode three you're still like, I don't care at all, then just whatever, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I genuinely think episode four is is good, really good television, and I think episode five has a really 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 strong moment so yeah, cool um yeah i like i like this version of the mcu where they take their time every now and then to just let characters breathe and bounce off of each other yeah um and i like that i feel like the the phase one two three didn't really do that as much they had no tv shows they couldn't do that right right and and now that we have some more time with these characters i i think it works well i mean the you know, Captain Fal- uh, what is it? Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I think that it had a few good moments, but overall, I didn't love that one. But beyond that, most of the series, I've, I've really enjoyed. I agree, actually. WandaVision, Loki were incredibly strong. Uh, I, loved I Loki really so much. loved What If, but I know that it was a polarizing one. There are people who really didn't like What If as well. But What If was was what I love about the MCU, all the probability space of all the different characters and everything. Uh, but, you know, 
again, that was made for me and not for everyone else. Everyone else just got to watch it. That type of situation. I'm very curious. I'm very curious about uh, if we're going to see any impact from what if on the MCU at large. Uh, yes. I mean, yes, absolutely. Did you not watch Spider-Man all the way to the end? I did watch Spider-Man all the way to the end, <laughs> but, you know. Okay, so without spoiling it, you missed something. No, I, I did see that. I just, okay. I'm, I'm not quite sure if I wanted to mention that. Oh, well, I, I think we're vague enough that, you know, Felzi has no idea what we're talking about. So I think we're... Oh, good. It goes to such things, like, really. <laughs> anyway, Osama, are you at the point yet where you're going to talk about what the secret announcement was? No, not, no. Okay. I, I need to receive oh 50 my God, emails from our fans. Before wow. That's, right. that's a tax. Fauzi, how are you? How should we? Right. <laughs> Osama with the double T's. Double T's. <laughs> Let's uh okay. I could talk about uh some TV shows that I've been watching and kind of really into. Um, okay. and then I could talk about a video game. So, I, I like video games, all right. So, a show that I've been a, a, a long time fan of released a third season, it's Narcos uh, Mexico. Okay, so there was okay. uh, there were two uh, the, so it's, it's kind of like two shows, but they're very connected. There was Narcos, there was three seasons. And then there was Narcos Mexico, and they just had the third season released. I'm a huge fan of Narcos. It's really good. So, like, the first season was about, um, you know, the drug trade in Colombia and the story of Pablo Escobar, uh, which, if you don't know much about the guy, it's a, a mind-blowing uh, series of events. And, like, you know, when they say that reality is stranger than fiction, this, this show just keeps on hitting. Very, uh, very dark, very... Um, very violent, so like uh, there's a lot of content warning associated, but it's really good TV. Like for me, Narcos is probably uh, some of the best Netflix shows out there. And uh, uh, season three of Narcos Mexico doesn't disappoint. I'm really, really enjoying that. I think I'm going to have like a couple episodes left from finishing it. I started watching the League of Legends show, uh, Arcane, that's what it's called. Yeah. That's a good I don't know. Before you jump into Arcane, I just want to. I, I thought you were going to talk more about uh, Narcos. I watched the first season and I absolutely loved it. I I didn't continue with the second, but the, it was the first really season good. of the Pablo Escobar one. So the first first Pablo one. Pablo Escobar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good, man. It, uh, first, this just just keeps on getting better. Good. And now we have like I don't know six seasons of goodness. Like, I think. Yeah. Like um, you know, like if I like uh, I like gangster shows generally. Um, you know, like gangster movies, like Scorsese gangster movies. I've I've always loved, uh, enjoyed watching these. Uh, Narcos is like, uh, yeah, totally different level on TV, on crime TV and drama. Super cool. So if you've watched the first season, um, it just keeps on getting better. I'll keep going then. <laughs> I think you'd really enjoy that. Uh, so the, the second show I started watching is the League of Legends show called Arcane. So mm-hmm. I, I am not a League of Legends guy because I'm a Dota guy. <laughs> I don't know why. Like you know, when we when we were playing a lot of these games, um, mm-hmm. you either was you you're one or the other. It takes a lot of time to learn a MOBA. A exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hard to play more than one. I think I played like three thousand hours of Dota two, and I was just oh, average. You know, and that's like you know part of the love hate relationship that I have with this game. I think I talked about Dota two and one of our Sahur bites. In which, like, yeah, it's it's so deep, it's so rewarding, but it's also so punishing. And, like, it just takes so much to be good at this game. 
Uh, but it's so good. So like, you know, I've, I've always had a love-hate relationship with Dota. Uh, but I was never really into League uh, because of that. Because I've just like, you know, you, 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 yeah, I don't think I have the brain to fill in two MOBAs and be average at both, you know. Right, uh, right, right. But then I started watching the show. Uh, it's 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 super, like, really really good. Hard to stop. It's a three D animated uh, show. Yeah. Uh, uh, episodes uh, range around to forty five minutes ish. Yeah. And uh, first of all, I love the art direction. Art I love the style. Exactly. It's yeah. So good. It's so good. I would love to play a game in that art direction. You know. Uh, yep. uh, Riot, make us a third-person adventure game in this art style. I'll play it immediately. Mm. <laughs> uh, definitely made me want to check League out, but I don't know if I have the time or the bandwidth, really. But um, it, it does the job of makes me very intrigued about the lore and what the world is all about. But I think that's also one of the strengths and one of the things I really love about the show is that if you know not much at all about League, you can still quite enjoy it. Uh, right. uh, yeah, so I didn't feel like I missed anything by not playing League. So I can only imagine that my friends who do play League are probably having a blast watching it. <laughs> so I, I played League, uh, but I was zero invested in the story, if I'm perfectly honest. Like people were saying this person's from this place or that person from that place, but I just, I, I didn't read, I didn't read any of the books that came out with their stories or, or engage with, the, the narrative in any way. I just enjoyed the, the gameplay and I played it with my Yeah, wife. fair enough. So when Arcane came out, I didn't think it would be for me. I thought, oh, maybe I'll recognize one or two characters. And that's the part that I loved about Arcane, and you're you're confirming it, is that uh, I learned about those characters that I knew and played with before, like for the yeah. first time, in a really good way where I didn't need to know them at all. There were a couple of characters who, much later, I'm like... <gasps> Oh, that's who that is because like the, the the show takes place like chronologically before the game like a long time before the game so some you know changed evolved got older so i was watching and being invested in this character i didn't know who it was until i realized i knew who it was simply because i didn't have that connection with that character the narrative wow that's pretty good man. I didn't, yeah and it happened a couple of times where i'm like oh okay that's who that was and i didn't see it coming because i didn't know that those two characters knew each other that way or what have you trying to be vague here but you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Oh, i mean like i think that's probably great because like all of these references they will fly over my head entirely since i don't know the game pretty much at all but uh, and i think that's a really like uh, the testament to the strength of the show and the writing is that i was hooked nonetheless i like really enjoyed it regardless if like if i knew what it was based on or not and and that's really cool it almost made me want to download and install League of Legends again. But I like playing other games, so I won't do that. <laughs> I think, you know, that's the problem with MOBAs. It's like you either play yeah. MOBAs or you play games. You can't do both. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, it takes so much time. So, so much, much time. They're, they're good, too, but it's just a big investment. Yeah, they also, you know, they're so stressful. They brought out the worst in me, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I, I quit playing Dota when I quit smoking because I was like, I can't handle the stress any other way. So I might as well stop playing Dota too since I don't smoke anymore. Uh, I, I used to play this mode in League of Legends called ARAM, uh, all random, all mid, because it was random characters. So I, if I felt bad, for losing, I could just be like, ah, whatever, I got a bad character anyway. Oh, yeah, fair so enough. That was my 
my transition from playing league to stopping to play league, I went to yeah. play Ram first. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Ram, you're quiet. Yeah. Did you never play a mobile? I mean, I, I, you've tried one, I, for sure, but. I accidentally made one like 12 years ago, and I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> what? Whoa, whoa, wait. I want to hear more about this. How did you when, accidentally when, make a mobile? When StarCraft was a thing, very early, very early uh, StarCraft days, it had a map editor, right? Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty advanced map editor. So I made I made a map. I called it Horizons that had two teams of, uh, I think, three or four players. I think it was four players. Two teams of four players. And one of you would play strategy. And the other three would control one character as a hero that could kill like random enemies to get experience. And then you could use that experience to upgrade your character and evolve it to different characters. Hmm. And... To make that interesting and create interesting situations, I created three lanes that went up the top lane, the bottom lane, and the middle lane, and then just balanced it very poorly, so it wasn't really fun, so it never really went anywhere. I played like 30 or 40 games of the map with a bunch of people that really enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, that, that was that. So you cool. made Dota, but in StarCraft. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, what it sounds like. and it was bad. <laughs> um, and, and the goal was to kill the enemy player's HQ, which was on each corner. Mm-hmm. So there was one HQ in the top right corner and one HQ in the top left corner. And I had one of those old StarCraft interfaces. I don't know if you played StarCraft back yes. in the days, but we couldn't make StarCraft. Yeah. We couldn't do custom UI, right? So instead, we would make a, a part at the bottom that would count sui where you would control a, a useless character to walk onto things mm. and those plates would represent ui elements so if you wanted to pick a certain uh attack or do a certain thing you would have to use that character mm. and walk over yeah i had different i have different heroes that you could pick at the start there were th- four implemented i that, think that's clever by the way that will be the character yeah to, to yeah it was it was a smart way of doing it i, I stole that from like a thousand other maps that i loved but uh, yeah, I accidentally made I accidentally made a MOBA, uh, and then uh, yeah, it went nowhere because obviously it was not very good. Uh, I think that's the part where everybody's like, yeah, no, you know, like you you make a game idea, like a game idea like that is obviously going to be good, and I'm like, no, because I <laughs> made one and it was bad. That, that's actually one of the dangers of game development is if let's say we were on a team together, I mean, doing something, and I had an idea that's similar to yours. Like it's very common to have someone who's like, oh, but we tried that and it failed, and we can't imagine a situation where the same idea could be executed properly, and people will just gloss over it. Those kind of conversations actually happen surprisingly, uh, yeah, often, where you're trying yep. to convince the other person that no, 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 the version I have in my head can work, and you don't know it's a coin flip. Like you'll have to actually try it, prototype it to see if it will or won't. Uh, it I don't know it was fun. So it was fun enough, but it wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah, but, you know uh, the first. You know the first Dota was uh, on StarCraft as well. So like Dota, really? yeah, Dota like evolved. I it was Warcraft. Yeah, it evolved from a map on StarCraft called Aeons of Strife, I think. And then, uh, wow. then those peeps uh, moved over to Warcraft Three and they remade it and enhanced it. But uh, Dota and MOBAs yeah, generally all started from StarCraft. Yeah. I had no idea. It, the first one I played was Warcraft Three, and I thought that's where it started. The uh, the um, map editor was genuinely was so good. Yeah, because uh, you had the triggers, and yeah, no, I mean, I I never really played with the um, with the Warcraft editor much. I just loved the StarCraft one. I the, my map editors were StarCraft and Age Vampires. Yeah. So Rami, did 
Did did your Horizon map have any dawns? Did my what? So it didn't have any. You dons? cut out. You you cut you cut out dawn. No. No. So it had zero no. dawns. Your Horizon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just no dawns whatsoever. All right. I was like, did he did he just say dawns? Uh, like I'm like he mu- he must have cut out. He must have said some. He must have said something smart, and it just didn't work. But no, no, no that's not. No, it's it's was, the, it was that He was coming with the dad joke. And you <laughs> fell for it, you know. I just, I'm I feel sorry. like I got, I feel like I got updogged. Yeah, you definitely got updogged. <laughs> <sighs> I didn't fall uh, for that one because I've updogged people before. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'd be so disappointed if you did not updog anybody. Uh, uh, I, I played a video game. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Go for no, it. I'm gonna try no. to change the topic. <laughs> trying to get out of this go 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 I played a a video game as well called it's an indie (laughs) game called uh, Death's Door I've played that Uh, yeah it's good you played it it's it's good I I haven't finished it I played Mm -hmm. a couple of Mm -hmm. hours of it I think um, the game is like really high quality is what I would you know first thing that catches my attention is like it you know it does a lot of things but it does them solidly the controls feel tight. Um, yep. The fighting system feels pretty cool. The art style is, um, you know, noticeable. Impre- impressive. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, it's like, yeah, there's a bit of Zelda in it. There's a bit of uh, Dark Souls-y design in which, like, you know, uh, you're you're like a Reaper and you're, you're going to collect, um, um, you know, people that are supposed to die. Souls, yeah, souls. Yeah. And then, like, as you traverse through levels, you unlock a... It's kind of like you unlock a door, really, back to the portal area or, like, the central hub where you can do your upgrade stuff, and then that becomes your shortcut to continue on from there. So it's it's kind of like a, a nice little design there in, in, in creating the central hub, but still, like, it feels like a continuous world if you wanted to. Enjoyable game. I, I like it so far. game yeah, yeah, it was really Go good. Ahead, I had only bought it because I saw a visual gag on Twitter related to it, where yeah. if you cut a sign and then you interact with the sign, you see the sign in the UI cut in half. And I thought that was so hilarious. I bought it impulsively, <laughs> impulsively <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> I um, um, this is this is kind of a leap, kind of a leap because I, I enjoyed Death Door, but uh, if we're speaking about um, if we're speaking about Devolver. Which uh, I guess we, you know, there's not it's really a, any way to not speak fine. about. There's there's not really a way to not talk about Devolver at this point. <laughs> I feel they well, how many games do they have? Like a hundred or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they released Loop Hero on Switch, mm-hmm. the 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 four quarters game, and uh, yeah, that, that's a, a that's game. an issue. Yeah, that's an issue. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been my week. <laughs> loop hero was your week it's just it's just loop hero <laughs> and switch just starting from scratch again it's it's wild habibi rami if it's one week you're forgiven if you come back next week and you're still like loop hero again no sorry it's, you it's, played the game before it's still gonna be loop hero oh, it's no. still gonna be loop hero it's gonna be loop hero for a very long time oh, um devolver. yeah no I, th- that game is just very good it's yeah. just very very good um but yeah 
So I played Loop Hero, and then uh, what else did I play? I didn't really play much else. I played Super Mario 3D World with some friends. We were going to play Halo. But what happened? Uh, we were going to play Halo campaign. So this is a group of friends that since I was like, since Halo 1, I've been playing Halo with them. Uh, and we would always do, uh, you know, co-op, split-screen co-op campaigns. And that was just tradition. It's been a tradition for forever. But, um, yeah, we sat down. We had, we had our controllers. We had our, we had our Xbox. And then we booted up the game. And there's just no co-op yet. Turns out realize that before. Oh no. We did not. Oh no. We did not. It was really sad. Yeah. Um so yeah, no no co-op. Which, I'm playing uh, this solo and I actually stopped because uh I think I would enjoy it way more. I've never played a Halo solo, so uh, I, yeah, no, it's neither have I. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna wait for the co-op to come. Co-op. Uh, but yeah. someone I don't remember who I was talking with someone who 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 suggested that I shouldn't stop because they felt that the co-op part of Halo is going to be a separate campaign, and that kind of made me confused and sad. And I scoured the internet to see if I could find more info, and I couldn't find anything to either confirm or deny that. It I'm. Just, they said co-op is coming, but it wasn't more clear than that. So I hope. I I really hope they mean co-op campaign because if not, I'm I I don't think I will play this Halo. Like it's yeah. just tradition to play it with friends, and if I can't play it with friends, I'm just not gonna play it. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, that doesn't work. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Halo, and then uh, what else did I do? This I had more flight training. Uh, that was nice. Uh, although in real life again, Yay. <laughs> uh, you know how much training I do in flight simulator. Yes. <laughs> like I actually, I actually train stuff in flight simulator, especially the, the approach circuits because mm-hmm. you practice them visually. Um, and sort of how you fly around the airfield, you kind of have to know where you need to turn. And normally you do it based on a map that shows you where water or where grass or where specific features are. But in Flight Simulator, you actually get to see a pretty close rendition of what it would look like in real life. Of course. And that's huge. Uh, but yeah, mostly I did um, um, I did landing practice. And uh, I, re- I really love landing. It's, it's my favorite thing about flying. Man, I don't I s- know. I saw the video you posted about your landing and that was incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, You're really good at it. You nailed it. it. Yeah, that was a really good one. I will say, like, I was thinking about this because you know I I like flight, and you know as you engage with something more closely, you sort of start to think about why it matters to you and how it matters to you. And I think there's just something cool about the balance between natural forces and technology that is really appealing to me about flight, mm-hmm. right? And and I kind of realized that I like takeoff because it feels powerful, right? It's kind of destructive. It's like you you push the throttle all the way in. This airplane starts accelerating, and it generates this enormous amount of power that is strong enough that, combined with the laws of physics and the way the airplane is built, that you fly, you overcome nature's uh, forces, right? And then flight is sort of like a balance between the two where you want to output enough of the one to basically nullify the other uh, because that's how you fly. If gravity is equal to lift, then you go, you fly, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's it. Then you fly stable. And there's something beautiful in that and there's something beautiful in the dance uh, bet- between those. But what I love about landing is that you actually are letting nature win. 
right? You have this machine, and it's not. It's no longer the point to defeat nature's forces. It's the point to have a dance with nature's forces in such a way that at the end you can walk away from it. But you're still talking about incredible forces, right? You're still talking about like gravity. You're still talking about like resistance and and wind and um, about the, the the power that your your engine and your propeller is outputting. And it's just it's 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 really I don't I don't know how to explain this without having you feel it. Mm-hmm. But the um, the feeling of it is is really incredible. And um, I don't know. There, there's something fun about landing. So Norm, can I, can I do a little aviation detour Dude, without a like? I'll take I'll take the aviation detour over a destiny detour anytime. <laughs> <of the week. laughs> so the first thing you do is you want to make sure that the space horse is well, happy. Here we go. Right. Oh no. So when you have an airplane, normally you have a number of controls, right? You have a number of primary controls, and there are your yoke, which is sort of like this big steering wheel thing. Mm-hmm. And you can move that left, right, forward, and backwards. Uh, you can actually push it forward or pull it backwards. And if you pull it backwards, your nose goes up. And if you push it uh, away from you, then you push the nose down, right? And then you can roll the airplane left and right. And then you've got your throttle, which is basically how much power you're putting into the engine. Mm-hmm. And then you've got on your feet, you've got your rudder, which is actually how you control the airplane on the ground and how you do something called coordinating your turns, but that's not really important for this. Mm -hmm. So normally in flight, you slow down and speed up with your throttle effectively, right? Because that's how much power you're putting into your engine. Um, And then you go up and down by using your yoke. So if you push your yoke forward, you'll go down. And if you pull your, your yoke upwards, you'll go up. Now, all of flight is sort of like a, a trade-off. So if you make your nose go up, you'll start climbing. But because you're climbing, if you keep the same power in your engine, you'll start slowing down because you're now adding force. Like you're, you're going up against gravity, but you're not adding more power, so you're, you'll slow down, right? Mm-hmm. And if you push your nose down, uh, you'll speed up, right? Same thing, if you make your throttle go lower, but you keep everything about the airplane the same, you'll, you'll start to descend. And if you go and add throttle, you start to climb. So on landing, there's this weird thing where the um, relation between those two inverts. Uh, so basically, as you're approaching, you now have to control your speed with the yoke, and you have to control your height with the, with the throttle. And it's really weird. It's kind of confusing. And it makes sense when you think about the physics because you're going very slow. Mm-hmm. So if you add a little bit of power, yeah, of course you'll go up. Mm-hmm. And if you remove a bit of power, of course you'll go down. But it's really weird how precise that is. So you have this super good control over how high you're going to end up being by adjusting your speed. You have this really weird control over how fast you're going by using the yoke. And then really your trick is you want to you wanna keep your speed at the right thing like 60-ish, mm-hmm. and then right above the runway, you, you level out your airplane and you start flying uh, horizontal to your runway and then you just pull up the nose so that you bleed off speed so that you eventually touch the ground. And it's just it's just such a cool, it's such a cool feeling. It's I, really hard. I, I wish I could explain it. That, like, this is, it sounds like there's a spot between the two where speeding up does neither if you speed up at exactly the same like speed. Is that, did I, is that a thing? Like... Can you maintain this weird moment where 
you're speeding up and speeding down just by yeah so basically that's kind of what you're trying to do is you you try to get the airplane to start its final approach at like 70 knots an hour and then you pull up the nose so that you bleed off speed to 60 knots an hour and then you're you're just basically because your nose is pointing up if you add speed you'll you'll gain altitude if you reduce speed there's so much resistance in the wings that you'll you'll fall slowly right uh, so, so it's actually super precise, and you're just sitting there with your one hand on the throttle and your other hand on the on the yoke, and you're just like making these very small movements on both of them. And if if you're doing it right, the 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 runway doesn't change where it is in your in your vision. It just stays in the right place, in the same place. It just gets bigger. Mm. And then eventually, you're over the runway. You you turn off your engines almost entirely, and then you you let the airplane fall onto the runway. And if something goes wrong, you just pull, you just push that throttle in all the way, and you're instantly flying again, right? It just instant, like the forces just instantly. But it, it's such a weird. How do you explain the feeling of like the lift, feeling the lift in your wings like evaporate? Hmm. Right, it's impossible to explain, but it's such a cool. Feeling. Y'all should do flight class sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's really. I'm terrified of heights. I can't see myself doing it. <laughs> you know that I, I I understand and I, I have a weird fear of heights between like two and like ten meters. Okay. And it's only between two and ten meters. And I think it's because from that height you would still survive it. You would just be in a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> Above that it's just done. You know, it's like yeah. oh, if I fall here, it's just over. So it's you know, I don't I'm not as scared of that, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that weird space where you're like, if I fall here, I will break every bone in my body and be in a lot of pain f- for a very long time. I'm like, nope, nope, do not want to look over this railing. How did it feel for you, uh, Rami, when you landed uh, without an instructor or for the first time? Like That must have been scary. I'm, I'm not allowed to yet. Almost. Oh, okay. Almost. Okay. Yeah, that's that's coming up. That's coming up in a few weeks and wow. I'm terrified. Yeah, that I'm must terrified. be scary as hell. It's really, really odd uh, because I, I'm good. I'm I'm good at landing. I'm good at taking off. I know my circuits. I know the procedures. I know what to do. But it's really nice to just have somebody sitting next to you that can go like, "Yeah, that's bad." Yeah, because it is a lot. Like I think that the main thing, the main thing you're they're trying to teach you in these first uh, ten hours of lessons um, is they're trying to make you go through the procedures often enough that. Um, that your brain doesn't need to be actively working on all of them. Wow. Uh, because it's just, it's a lot. You're, you're dealing with all of these different things that you need to monitor. And there's like these tiny things. There's like, uh, there's something called carb heat and it, it reduces how much power your engine puts out because it heats your engine. It uses your engine to heat a bit thing, uh, to heat things so that your engine doesn't freeze, which would be bad, Right. Uh, but if you leave that on, obviously you'll have less power in case you have to go around and start climbing again. So you want to make sure that's off for your final approach. But you want it on during descent. So you just have to make sure that you do that. And then if you go around, you want to make sure that you retract your flap. So you're continuously thinking about all these things. And I think they're just trying to make you do that without having to think, right? We're doing a go around. Okay, let's make sure that uh, let's make sure that carpet heat isn't there. Let's make sure that the flaps go back to one. Let's make sure that we gain speed first before we start climbing. And they're just trying to make it 
automate it because you will need to know how to do that in case something goes wrong. And I think uh, the one thing, the two things I still need to practice before I can go on my solo are stalls, which effectively intentionally making the airplane fall out of the sky. Wow. And then uh, the second one is emergency landings. Because if something goes wrong on the airfield, right, if another airplane lands and explodes and now the airfield is on fire, I won't be able to land there anymore. So I'll need to know how to land the airplane in case of emergency. So those are the those are the two things I still need to practice. So like on, um, a, on a highway or in water or something like that. Grass fields. Grass fields. Okay. Wow. I went the yeah. other extreme. Yeah. No, grass fields are the safest place to to land. Any desert training, Rami? No desert Not yet, training. <laughs> but um, I will say, I you know, after I get my uh, my license, I want to get a night rating and I want to get a mountain rating, and I'm I would love to see if there's such a thing as learning to land on sand. Yeah, because I I would like to practice that. Like, there's so much stuff you can learn with aviation. I play Uncharted Three. They have a good tutorial there. <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I did the trailer for that movie did not look very good anyway. I kept uh, seeing Spider Man. I couldn't help it. That, I had the same thing. I'm like, hey, Spider Man, Spider Man. Why are you scared about hanging out of an airplane? Just use your web. Uh, that's, yeah, gonna um, that's gonna follow him for a while. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he has, he has tremendous range. He'll be he'll be fine eventually. Yeah. Just not yet. Speaking of what? Speaking of being fine, Osama, you would not be fine if we didn't have emails. No, we have Elmel. This is our section <laughs> where we talk about all of the. I think we need to workshop the name a little, but I. I, I, well, I mean, I already put it in the show notes for the, it's official already. Tell us. Tell us. That's it. But also, Rami, I still have to like you know, but wonderful segue. Bravo! I'm, I'm like yes, clapping here. So yes. well yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have to underline it. All right, so we have a mail from a frequent writer, Asif. He wrote, hey guys, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix just got canceled. How upset are you guys? And question for, for the th- to the three of you. What show cancellations were you most upset about? And he follows that up with also canceled games. So we have three things to answer. The first is Ooh. about the Netflix show and then about canceled shows in general and then about canceled games. Who wants to go first? Okay. Mm, I, uh, I'll, Rami, you can go first. I'll go first with Bebop. I don't care. Ah. I uh, I didn't I didn't watch it yet, and I didn't feel like watching it, so I'm I'm not that bothered by it. Uh, did either of you watch it? Yes, I'm yeah, I did. really sad because Aww. to be quite honest, had you asked, I watched the first two episodes and stopped watching. I did not like the first two episodes. I thought they were pretty bad. Um, and I still don't like the first two episodes. I don't think they got better by watching the rest. I just don't like. I think they failed the the launch, and I think that's the reason they got canceled. I think a lot of people fell off at the same spot that I did, either after the first episode or the second episode. That's my mm-hmm. assumption. But people tell, told me, no, 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 it gets better, it gets better, uh, and I'm like, you know, what? I'll give it another try. I'll give it a couple of more episodes. And in my opinion, they were absolutely right. The show picks up, finds its tone. Uh, the the Faye gets introduced as a, as, as a like if you've watched the original Cowboy Bebop, you know who Faye is. But she was introduced as a mainstay. She stole the show for me. She was the heart of the show. And she wasn't there at the beginning. And it turned it all around for me. So it's one of those shows that I would almost say 
skip the first two episodes, start watching the third. <laughs> they add like nothing, nothing. And the tone on the first episodes are way more, it's way more slapstick than the, the other episodes afterwards. That's what turned me off. So I'm actually really sad, but I understand because of the, such a, it was such a weak start in my opinion that I think the numbers for Netflix might justify it. But it's still heartbreaking, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For me, I thought that um, the show was entertaining. It's not that bad. And I was happy that it uh, it will bring people to watch the original anime, which I think is superior in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, where the show failed for me, I don't think it captured the characters, uh, the personalities of the characters that well. You know, like uh, Spike of the anime is a way cooler uh, yeah. uh, character. I felt that... Um, Whereas, like the, yeah, the, the, there was something off, and like the, the, I think the essence of the characters went wasn't really properly captured, with the exception of Jet, which I thought was superior, was superb, and like they really captured that character properly. Or you know, whenever like you know, the, there's obviously that there's a you know a cast that was very um, passionate about the show, and they would have loved to make more of it. So I feel I feel bad for them that the show got canceled. So yeah, but. Yeah, I'm a little bit like Rami. Kind of like wish there was a bit more there. The anime was so much better in my eyes. So much better. I do agree. The anime was the anime is a masterpiece. Possibly my favorite anime of all time. It's between that and Samurai Shampoo. So, <laughs> you know, the two it's, two animes from the same studio. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, but yeah, it was sad for the show. But I understand as well. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next question. What other TV shows are you really sad that got canceled? So on Netflix, I was really sad that uh, Headhunters, uh, no, sorry, Mindhunters was canceled. Mm. Uh, Mindhunters was a show about two FBI agents who starts interviewing uh, uh, the most prolific um, serial killers and actually ends up coining the term serial killers and they start to create criminal profiling. So it's also based on true events. And um, David Fincher directed the the pilot and, you know, basically set the tone for the show uh, throughout. Uh, Only two seasons were made, and then the third was canceled due to the pandemic, which is such a shame because, um, you know, I was earlier saying that, you know, Narcos is one of the best shows on Netflix. Uh, Mindhunter, for me, is the best show on Netflix. Uh, It's really, really good. And... Yeah, I was so gutted that they've never got to finish it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, for me, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird one. So for me, the show I was most sad about canceling. I was actually mostly sad that it had a second season in the first place. If that makes sense. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe it will. It had, <laughs> it's also true. It had, <laughs> it had a it had a very good first season. In fact, I think it's it's one of my favorite. Uh, limited series in in the history of ever mm. um it was called utopia it was a channel oh. four um it was a channel four tv series about a group of effectively nerds that stumble upon a comic um a, a visual novel um that stumble upon a visual novel that was written by a scientist that was hiding a lethal virus of sorts in the pages of the comic book um and they're trying to survive the shady government agency that's chasing them down now Mm -hmm. right um and it's dark and it's 
violent and it's gorgeous. It's like beautiful colors, saturated, great characters, like instantly lovable, very UK in its in its style. That it, it, you know, it, just that alone that it had a texture that felt slightly different um, was already very interesting. Um, and then the first season just it it was beautiful. It wrapped up beautifully, and then they had to make another season. And you know what? That season was fine. It was an, oh, also great music, by the way. The, the second season was fine. I didn't love it. But they left the second season on a huge cliffhanger. And to be fair, they left the first season on a huge cliffhanger. But, you know, you can end a story on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. That works, right? Like, it's, it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it fit the tone of Utopia to end the first season on a cliffhanger and be like, and we're done. But on the second cliffhanger, at the end of the second season, that wasn't one you could just go like, well, I guess, you know, we just don't know what happened. It was really built to have a third season. And then obviously they canceled it. Instead, what they did is Amazon bought the rights to it and made a really bad American version of the same TV series. Oh. Which, uh, uh, yeah, they basically read it season one, but American, and it's just atrociously bad. That's so sad. So, yeah, instead of a third season of a really good TV series, I got a mediocre remake of my favorite series, my favorite limited series of a TV series that really should have had only one season. Um, at least so you I don't can know. ignore the rest and just stop at the first season. And that, say the rest that's basically what I do. I watch this series a lot with my friends. Like, if I have visitors over and they're there for a few days, like, and they haven't seen Utopia, I always offer it to them as, like, let's watch my favorite TV series. Huh. And uh, it's it's just very it's incredibly incredibly good. That's great. Worth um, checking out. Yeah, yeah. If if you can find it, because genuinely it's hard to find. It was you know like it was a Channel Four thing in the in the in the UK. So it's not it's not like it had like a broad release anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I have a few answers actually, uh, but I think mine are a little more obvious than yours. I think they're a little more. Uh, widespread, not as niche. All right, so Lost, Game of Thrones. What? None of those every, are canceled. Every, those are the shows that should have every, been canceled earlier. But anyway, that's a different topic. Every, every, every comic book in the history of mankind. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, right. Me, the first one is it's kind of a weird choice because I only watched it after it was canceled, and it was retroactively sad that it was canceled. It was Firefly? Um, I didn't know it, about it, its existence while it was live. Uh, then when I watched the episodes later, I absolutely fell in love with it and was really disheartened to know that it w- there was no more of it. It's uh, good. and It's so good. I love Firefly. It's one of my favorite TV shows. Uh, it's like, it's, it's actually it has a lot in common with uh, Cowboy Bebop. It's like Cowboys in Space. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's so many good characters in it. And, uh, the movie was good as a wrap up of it, like you know, you wanted to have a little bit of closure. Here's some closure, but I imagine that the, the events of the movies and everything in between would have been much better if it was a TV show. Uh, but who knows, right? Because the other example, the other one that I had that I was upset about, and then the other way around, retroactively happy and wish it stayed canceled, was Arrested Development. So. Mm. One of right. my, the funniest shows on TV, so 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 good. Cancelled in its prime, was really upset when it was cancelled. Was super happy when I heard it was coming back. Was not really impressed with the the seasons when it came back, and I almost wish they weren't there. 
but yeah, so sometimes you think that a show is better off to continue, but it's not the case. It just fizzles otherwise. Like the, my my favorite season uh, of Prison Break is uh, actually the only season I liked is the first season. I think that show would have been one of the best of all time if it was canceled after the first season. Uh, we would everyone <laughs> would have been upset and confused, but then it just went on to like die slowly and like limp, limp its way to 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 being not a great show in my opinion. Um, so yeah, you don't, you don't like, be careful what you, uh, what you, uh, ask for type situation. Yeah. My two, my two votes. Hmm. Now it's canceled video games, right? Yeah. Canceled video I have a, games. Yeah. I have a bunch of those, but I don't want to talk too much about them because I think we've already uh, gone a little bit over time. Uh, let's do, let's do rapid fire. Yeah. Rapid, rapid fire them. Rapid fire. All right. So yeah. Silent Hills. I would have loved to yeah. play that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars thirteen thirteen, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Chrono Break. It was supposed to be the third Chrono games after Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Oh. Never came to be. Yeah. Okay. 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 Those are good ones. Osama. So um, I actually I also shared the 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 Star Wars thirteen thirteen with his list. I was sad about that. There was an Avengers game. For, that was made by THQ, uh, which was I was really really wanting to play. I had a friend who was working on it and was telling me about it, <laughs> and it got canceled. It was super super sad. Uh, so it has to be that those two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've none. What? Uh, yeah, I've none. I I don't know. I I never. I you know when a game gets canceled very frequently, I'm just like, well, good good for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's it's a weird one because very often people are very sad about games being canceled, but like making games is hard. Yeah. There's always you good know. reasons why games get canceled, you know. And, yeah. You know, almost always. But you know, even even when games get canceled, like for poor reasons, I'm just like, there's reasons, ah. <laughs> right? You know, I don't know. Like, I, it's it's hard to make games, yeah. and every now and then I'm just like, well, I wish I could cancel the thing I'm working on. You know, like it's just a feeling every time you have, and you're like, ah, oh, that's like so much of my life in there. Um, it's funny you should say that because when I I've worked on canceled games before, in general, I'm very sad because oftentimes right. games aren't very good until they're good. Like, you, there's a right. moment in the game where you kind of have to have faith that it'll come together. Where like it's all scaffolding, it's all gray box, right. it's all whatever. Uh, but uh, so you're waiting for that moment and sometimes that moment just doesn't come yep. and and the game gets canceled uh, as a result and you feel really sad if you if you have hope or you believe it's coming it's around the corner but right. there's also sometimes that you feel relief if you actually don't believe it's coming around the corner right you're like yeah you know, I'd, I'd rather just be done with this and move on and try again not every game comes together at the end either so yeah, it, it, I have sure. mixed emotions about all the cancellations that I've had to live through in my career. I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but or if you've even had cancellations. I mean, I I was the one that canceled them, so for me, it's it's hard to you know, uh, it's you know, I was usually the person that went like, okay, this ain't working. We'll we'll move on. Um, and I, you know, it's not a fun it's not a fun feeling. No, it's it's, not. it's really not a fun feeling. But at the same time, you know, you need to you need to think of your team and you need to think of the the opportunity cost of what you're trying to do. And sometimes the better call is to just say like, well, this ain't working. We'll shelve it. And, you know, you can keep it in the back of your mind. You can keep thinking about it. If there is a future version of the game that does work well, we'll just try it again. Mm. Um, we did that with Nuclear Throne. Nuclear Throne was the third time we tried starting on Nuclear Throne. 
And the first one turned into a first-person shooter called Gun Gods. The second one we just canceled, and the third one was Nuclear Throne. Wow. So I didn't know that. Um, yeah, that's you know sometimes that's how it goes. I don't know. Like there's there's already so many video games to play. I don't I don't mind if if one doesn't make it. And yeah, every now and then I'm really angry for people that their game got canceled. That happens. Yeah. But from a personal level, I don't. I I don't think there's ever been a game where I was like, oh, I wish I could have played that. For, for me, actually, you, you, you hit a note. I'm always curious to hear about the games that get canceled from the people who worked on them because we don't yep. get postmortems for those. We don't. Usually, studios are very tight-lipped about why, what happened, and for good reason because right. they want to keep the chance of resurrecting it or bringing it back later, and they don't want right. you know anything to get out. But I those are the conversations I love having with other devs to figure out what went wrong because you learn so much from those, right? We always get yep. the postmortems for the games that are extremely successful and do really well. Uh, that that teaches you something, but we don't get the other side, the flip. Coin. Right. I've always been taught that you learn more from failure than success. Yes, you do. And and I think that's true in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I like hearing those too. Anyway, <laughs> before we fail to wrap up this podcast in time, let's uh let's wrap it up for today um any any last thoughts things you wanted to say besides send us emails yeah uh <laughs> actually there is one thing that i want to say i think it made it sound like my big announcement was bigger than it really was or maybe different we're expecting than- huge announcements yes it's, okay huge. well it's big for me all right so i'll tell you what it is just because i don't want people to, <laughs> to get the wrong idea and start predicting different things um, Ooh, summer. I, i'm gonna start yeah. teaching again so, oh, okay. oh that's huge that's huge it's really big for me i'm super excited so congrats great. to your future students thank yes you. oh that, that means a lot uh. to you. congratulate them thank you but i'm super excited myself i took a, a year off from teaching um it really affected me i, I love teaching and i was very very sad during the time but you know i was overwhelmed with work and other stuff mm-hmm. as I on podcast many times before and I, I i took that step but now i feel better I'm, I'm back to i won't say back to my regular self you never come back 100 percent to your regular self after getting really 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 tired but like i feel closer to my my personal self and i'm really excited to uh nice to share a little bit of myself with my students going forward well, come back Yay. thank you thank you I'm super excited um, fuzzy um, nothing much to add for the time being. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same place. I think that was it for today. Thanks so much for everybody listening. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode next week. Salam. 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 That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I was Rami Ismail, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias. And Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. The intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam.